Why does the UN consider access to clean water a human right? Does everyone have access to clean water and sanitation? What diseases are associated with unsafe water and poor sanitation? How has contaminated water caused epidemics in the past? What steps are being taken to end the global water crisis? Welcome back to Stephoscope Podcast. I'm Stephanie Ayler, and today's episode will be discussing the importance of access to clean water and sanitation. Part 1. Why does the U.S. consider access to clean water a human right? Brushing my teeth, bathing, drinking water, and making food are activities that I do every day. As a citizen of the U.S. living in an urban area, every morning I turn on a sink faucet and clean and safe water comes out, allowing me to do things like showering and brushing my teeth. Clean water is necessary for human sanitation and is a human right. The United Nations defines human rights as rights that are inherent to all human beings. Examples include the right to life and liberty, freedom from slavery and torture, freedom of opinion and expression, the right to work and education, and the right to water and sanitation. Water is essential to life, and every human deserves basic resources that allow for human survival. Every person should have enough water for personal and domestic uses. The UN considers this between 50 and 100 liters per day. As stated by the UN, water is vital for socioeconomic development, energy and food production, and healthy ecosystems. Water is a human rights issue because many communities today do not have enough clean water to meet their needs. This is partially due to commercial demands for water and overuse of water in urban parts of the world. Additionally, the UN clarifies that access to clean, safe water is considered a legal right, not a charitable item. They express that global efforts to attain basic and improve levels of access to safe water should quickly increase. Together, water and sanitation are essential for decreasing the prevalence of diseases and bettering the health, education, and economic prosperity of populations around the world. Part 2. Does everyone have access to clean water and sanitation? Many people around the world still lack access to proper sanitation and safe water. According to a report by UNICEF and the World Health Organization, as of 2019, around 2.2 billion people lack safely managed drinking water services, 4.2 billion people lack safe sanitation services, and 3 billion lack basic handwashing facilities. Safely managed drinking water and sanitation services are defined by the WHO as drinking water from on-site sources, free from contamination and available at need, and using hygienic toilets from which wastes are treated and disposed of safely. Basic services means having a drinking water source that provides water in less than 30 minutes, using an improved toilet that does not have to be shared with other households, and having hand-washing facilities with soap and water in the home. The report explains that while from 2000 to 2017, notable progress has been made towards universal access to water, sanitation, and hygiene, large disparities still exist in the quality of these services. Kellyanne Naylor, Associate Director of Water, Sanitation, and Hygiene at UNICEF, states that mere access is not enough. If the water isn't clean, isn't safe to drink or is far away, and if toilet access is unsafe or limited, then we're not delivering for the world's children. Lack of access to improved toilets leads to open defecation. While the amount of people practicing open defecation has been halved since 2000, still, 673 million people in countries such as China, Ethiopia, India, Kenya, Sudan, and Yemen still have no sanitary way to go to the bathroom. Part 3. 
What diseases are associated with unsafe water and poor sanitation? Poor sanitation is associated with many diseases, including diarrhea-related diseases such as cholera and typhoid. According to UNICEF, cholera is an acute bacterial infection of the intestinal tract, often spread by contaminated food and water. Typhoid fever is a bacterial infection also caused by contaminated food or water that causes headaches, nausea, and loss of appetite. Diarrheal illnesses cause people to lose water and electrolytes, leading to dehydration and potentially death. According to the CDC, about 88% of deaths due to diarrheal illness in the world are caused by unsafe water, poor sanitation, or poor hygiene. Diarrheal disease can be cut by one-third by proper handwashing with soap and water. Intestinal parasitic worms are also often caused by poor sanitation. Infection occurs through contact with soil contaminated by feces from an already infected person or by eating contaminated food. UNICEF states that intestinal worms affect about 10% of the developing world's population and can lead to malnutrition, anemia, or delayed growth. Schistosomiasis or bilharzia is a disease also caused by parasitic worms. Worms and their eggs can live in humans, freshwater snails, and water. When people swim, bathe, or wash in contaminated water, these worms can puncture human skin, causing infection. This can lead to damage in the liver, intestines, and lungs, and bladder. Studies find that the infection rate could be reduced by 77% by improving sanitation services and water supplies worldwide. Additionally, water from natural sources can contain unsafe levels of minerals for humans. Fluorosis is a disease caused by high concentrations of fluoride found in untreated groundwater affecting the teeth and bones. Arsenicosis is caused by prolonged exposure to concentrations of arsenic in drinking water. It causes painful, hardened lesions in the skin and can lead to skin, lung, bladder, or kidney cancers. Part 4. How has contaminated water caused epidemics in the past? While talking about current-day issues related to contaminated water and diseases, I want to also bring in some history related to a cholera epidemic in the 1800s that led to the foundation of modern-day public health and epidemiology. In the early to mid-1800s in England, thousands died of cholera. An article on the CDC website illustrates a London neighborhood in 1854 hit hard by a cholera outbreak, describing crowded and dirty conditions with people and animals crammed together. At this point in time, Doctors incorrectly theorized that many diseases, such as chlamydia and the bubonic plague, were caused by what they called miasma or bad air. They believed that this bad air was caused by rotting materials and waste particles spreading through the air and causing many to become sick. A doctor by the name of John Snow that lived close to the London neighborhood was not convinced that the bad air was truly the cause of the outbreak. To prove his theory, Dr. Snow mapped the outbreak, tracking public records, and found a similarity in every case. All of the cholera victims had collected water from the same water pump, the Broad Street Pump. To further prove that the pump was the source of the epidemic, Snow removed the water pump's handle, quickly stopping the outbreak. Water from the pump had been continuously contaminated by sewage, allowing the cholera-causing bacteria to enter the water supply. John Snow's method of identifying the source of the spread of cholera provided the basis for how epidemiologists track diseases around the world today. Questions that Snow asked such as, who is sick, what are their symptoms, when did they get sick, and where could they have been exposed to the cause of the illness are imperative to modern-day medicine. Though nearly 150 years after the Broad Street pump outbreak, 
Many communities around the world still face issues with contaminants such as human waste polluting the water supply due to a lack of resources. Part 5. What steps are being taken to end the global water crisis? Right now, ensuring access to water and sanitation for all is goal 6 of the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals. The goal targets aim to do these things by 2030. 1. Achieve universal and equitable access to safe and affordable drinking water for all. 2. Achieve access to adequate and equitable sanitation and hygiene for all and end open defecation, paying special attention to the needs of women and girls and those in vulnerable situations. 3. Improve water quality by reducing pollution, eliminating dumping, and minimizing release of hazardous chemicals and materials, having the proportion of untreated wastewater, and substantially increasing recycling and safe reuse globally. 4. Substantially increase water use efficiency across all sectors and ensure sustainable withdrawals in supply of fresh water to address water scarcity and substantially reduce the number of people suffering from water scarcity. 5. Implement integrated water resources management at all levels, including through transboundary cooperation as appropriate. 6. Protect and restore water-related ecosystems, including mountains, forests, wetlands, rivers, aquifers, and lakes. A. Expand international cooperation and capacity-building support to developing countries in water and sanitation-related activities and programs, including water harvesting, desalination, water efficiency, wastewater treatment, recycling, and reuse technologies. B. Support and strengthen the participation of local communities in improving water and sanitation management. If all of these targets are hit by 2030, the world will be a much better place for future generations. Thank you so much for listening to Stephoscope. Once again, I'm Stephanie Ayler. Be smart, be safe, be informed, and I'll see you next time.